Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Muir, founder of Muir Group CPAs and Total Control Accounting System. And I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. And today we're talking personal finances and taxes. So we're going to go kind of three broad areas, give you an overview of things that are kind of everyday personal finance. We're not going to get into derivatives and, you know, shorting. What stock were they shorting? That's a real shame. <laughs> shorting. I, I got AMC I or it was a GameStop. Yeah, yeah. we're not going to get into that. Yeah. We're just going to talk high level best practices, things you can do, clarify yeah. some things, kind of give you guys some some information around just doing your personal finances better, especially from a tax perspective. Gotcha. So let's talk kind of wealth and retirement. So All that's right. kind of the first thing on my list is that's where everybody starts. You get a job. Um, and the company has a 401k. So let's talk about that. You can do in a 401k, you can do one of two things if the plan allows for it. So most people have a 401k where they contribute through their paycheck, and that amount is obviously deducted from their paycheck, but it's also deducted from their taxable wages. Okay. Let's give a very simple example. Let's just say every paycheck you make three grand, you put $500 in the 401k, what would be considered, I think for lack of a better term, a traditional 401k. You would pay taxes on twenty five hundred, right? So right. you made three grand, you put five hundred in. Um, but where the four hundred one k? I guess not to cut you yeah, off, but to back up, are all of these? You kind of put them in three buckets. Yep. Are all of these what we talked about last time in the basic accounting standard deductions or item like fit in those deduction? No, camp? no. So these no, they're not. They're not even considered a deduction because if you look at let's just play the example forward. Let's just say, in my example, you made three grand, you put 500 in a, in a 401k, mm-hmm. and that's all you got paid for the year. Okay. Your W-2 would literally say in box one of your wages that you made 2,500. Gotcha. So it wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be something for you to, to even handle. Your wages are already reflective of that on your W-2. So okay. not a standard deduction, not in the, you know, the decision of standard or itemized okay. or even a, a business type deduction. Gotcha. And is that just for the retirement stuff or does that for education and health as well that we'll be talking well, about. They, they differ. Okay. So, we'll, yeah, All we're right. going to – that's a good question. We'll kind of get into some of the nuances about how this affects your tax return because just like we are just talking about, the 401K is easy. There's nothing right. for you to do. Your W-2 already reflects that. Yeah. But let's just say you put money in a health savings account where there's a little more work for you to yeah. do. Yeah. Well, I imagine that's the frame of this, right? There's yeah. two. There's sort of the intrinsic value of whatever you're doing, say right. for retirement or education or – uh, medical, medical, right? But the bonus or the cherry that we're talking about yep. is the tax savings, correct? And that's what we're going to try to pull together today is kind of give you some good personal finance thoughts along with what does that look like from a tax perspective. Okay. And All one right. of the biggest things I see, you know, kind of back to the example of you know you could just got your job and they they hand you all the forms and say okay you want to contribute to the four hundred one k. Something to think about is the tax benefit that example we just gave, but also does the employer match? So lots of employers will match your contributions up to a certain extent. Like I know here at Mirror Group, we put in 3%, you know, up to 3% of your pay, and it's the lesser of that or, you know, the amount you contribute. So we won't, if you don't put in 3% of your pay, obviously we won't put that. But to the extent you put 3% of your pay in the 401k account, we'll match it. So right then and there, you're just getting free money, essentially. So... One of those things to think about in terms of just doing your personal finances better is look for those areas where it's kind of like a free lunch, so to speak. The employer's giving you, if you can just be a little disciplined about putting some money away, they're willing to match it. So that's a really simple, easy tool. Biggest ones you're going to see through your retirement at work, 
401k, everybody hears about, but also a simple, which is just like it sounds, it's a little more simple in terms of reporting and all the back-end compliance that plans have to do. But um, both of those offer matching contributions. The, the maximum contributions are a little bit different, but both work the same way. The money you put in reduces the wages you ultimately pay tax on, to mm-hmm. your question earlier. So those are just kind of two simple ones through your, through your work. Okay. Yeah, fairly simple. Most people know about that. One caveat to the 401k is what's become really popular, which is what I do in our 401k here is, the 401k plans allow you to make Roth contributions. So if you contrast that with what we just said earlier, the guy who made 3000 and put 500 in, let's say that $500 contribution was not to a traditional 401k, but to a Roth. Well, his wages would still reflect 3000 because you don't get a deduction for amounts put in a Roth. And okay. so it's one of those things where you might be thinking, is the deduction worth it right now? Maybe I'm in a lower tax bracket. Because Roth money grows tax-free, and ultimately when you take it out, it's not taxable. So I'll give you an example. That $500 you put in one time into the Roth 401k, 30 years from now is worth ten grand. You take it out after you turn 59 and a half, you don't pay tax on that $9,500 of growth. So that's the big selling point of a Roth versus a traditional 401k or IRA is that the money put in first either gets deducted or not, and the money coming out either gets taxed or it doesn't based on what kind of account you have. Okay, so run it back one more time. So traditional IRA. Or 401k. Or 401k. Right. You're not taxed when you put it in, or it's not counted as income. You get a deduction. You get a deduction. That's right. We're saying the same thing. Okay. Yep. Roth. Don't, don't yeah. get a deduction, but it's tax-free when you That's right, take including it out. the earnings. Including That's the, the earnings. big thing. Okay. So in that example, you put in hundred grand over the life of your employment, and that hundred grand goes to, grows to four hundred. That three hundred thousand is coming to you tax-free. Okay. Assuming you take it out after you turn fifty-nine and a half, and you know that sort of right. thing. Right. That's really cool. Yeah. So I mean, that's something to think about when when you start working is at least have this conversation or this thought like, hmm, is it worth it to me to get a deduction maybe at 10 or 12%? Yeah. Or is it, or am I banking that, man, I'm going to be making a lot more money later in life and be in a higher tax bracket and that Roth, taking that money out of the Roth would really be cool. Yeah. I'm retired and I'm not paying any tax on the money coming out. Gotcha. So <clears throat> let me make sure that this is how I understand because right. most of the people that are small business owners, they're not you know, walking into the HR department where they're kind of given these options, right? right? So, I mean, I know I've done everything from when I had a staff, I worked with, you know, a brokerage that kind of managed all this to now, like, I've just got it independent with, like, right. TD Ameritrade or, you know, whatever. Right. All of that's still all good for the small business owner, right? I'm managing my own 401k, essentially. Yeah, generally right? speaking, you wouldn't manage your own 401k. You would have you would have somebody manage it for you. Okay. Yeah, 401k is not something... Because 401k is a little more formal. It's a qualified plan. Um, simple, by the nature, is it's a little more simple. I think you can have individual accounts for people, okay. and you just contribute to those individual accounts, and they may have a little more discretion about how they invest the money. But a 401k is generally money given to a custodian for the benefit of somebody, and that custodian or that plan manager manages those funds, how they see fit, based on what funds are available. Right. We're kind of getting into like more sure. investing. But yeah, it's a 401k, I think the thought you should leave with a little more formal, a little more complex, a little more costly if you're the small business owner to administer. 
Okay. Yeah, you've got to have, like, I know for us, we have a third-party administrator, a TPA, somebody who's behind the scenes making sure our plan is compliant with the IRS, making sure our plan has a certain features that allow me, potentially as the owner, to contribute more if I want to, those sort of things. So I think gotcha. what you could walk away with as a small business owner is that it just depends. And 401k is a little more complex than a simple. Gotcha. But, but, I think, but practically, I think, if you get a TPA, as you said, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> learning new acronyms every, right, every right. episode. Um, well, do you know what SMART goals are? No, yeah. <laughs> we'll, add, we'll end the podcast with me <laughs> nailing the SMART goals. Um, yeah, so I guess practically speaking, it, it, is, it feels turnkey, at least in terms of the, the management of it. Right. Once, you, once you have somebody you're working with, yes. I don't remember ever having to like no, jack with that there's whole There's nothing lot. really. If you yeah. got somebody professional handling right. it, no, there's nothing. They make sure your plan's in right. compliance. The money is given to the, the custodian, and yeah. then you have a financial advisor who kind of manages that. So, yeah, you're good. All right. So then you've got some retirement plans outside of work. So those generally are your IRAs, right? And so, again, IRAs have two components or two types, traditional and Roth. So the same kind of thing works, but these are more you overtly contributing. Like you don't say just deduct it from my paycheck because maybe you're self-employed or this is something done outside of work, obviously. And you want to put a little – let's say you max out your 401K at work, but you want to put a little bit more money in a traditional IRA. The limits are smaller, but you can, but you have to make the contribution. You have to go find somebody, find yeah. a broker, and you more or less get a little more direction of how you manage that. Okay, so the how many accounts can you have? And, I mean, that's and a good question. How I many know. accounts can you have? And then, and then, um, the max contribution. Yeah, is that per account, or is that just like this is the max that you can? That's a really good question. I think I've had that question before. I think the there's a global amount you can contribute to qualified plans and non-qualified plans. So I think a 401k is 57, which would include, because you can only put in as an employee. 5,700? Oh. As an employee, a certain amount. I think that's roughly 20. It changes every year. It was 19.5. And let me just look it up real quick. 2021. What am I getting? Because what I'm looking at, I thought it was like 6 or 12 if you're married well, you, okay, so Okay. So 401k, the most you can defer or contribute through your paycheck is 19.5, but there's also money that can be matched, and in, in, in if you're a business owner, you can put more profit sharing and all that. I think the, the number's 57,000 for 2021. Okay. So I think of all your qualified plans, you can't go over that. Okay. But then you have your IRA, which is, it was 6,000 in 2020. Let me just look here. 2021. I'm looking this up, because they change it every year. Yeah. Uh, max. Let's see. Six thousand or fifty or, or seven thousand if you're fifty or what they call a catch up contribution. So what you're talking about is just a, a regular old traditional or Roth IRA that you contribute outside of work, um, and that's six thousand per person. And okay. you have to have earned income to do that. Earned income being wages. Okay. Yeah. All right. So if like the situation I'm in right now where I'm small business owner right. but I, I'm basically independent. You could do one of two things. Yes, yeah, very. It, yeah, yeah, it gets this a little is situational. Yeah, you could contribute because you take a paycheck. We mm-hmm. could we could have set up a four hundred one k through your business, and right. you would you would defer, so to speak, or or contribute through your paycheck, or to keep things simple and based on the amount you want to contribute, we may not go through the hassle of a four hundred one k. Like let's just say if you told me, Marcus, I don't want to put ten grand. I'd say, we'll just do a traditional. I want to do six. Right. No need to go get a 401k, a TPA, as I mentioned, and plan mm-hmm. documents right. and all that. Just go the easy route. Just do a traditional IRA, put the money there, done. 
Okay. No compliance aspect, you know, on the paperwork side. Sure. Yeah. A lot easier. Okay. So, and to get back to my point, 401k is generally going to be more formal, a little more costly to set up. Gotcha. So traditional and Roth IRA works the same as traditional and Roth 401k. You either get a deduction when you put the money in or you don't. And then that dicta- that would then dictate how the money would come out. Uh, obviously, the Roth IRA being the, you know, really cool tool where you can put a bunch of money in, you know, 6000 per year and whatever it grows to, assuming it, it yeah. grows... In retirement, you take yeah. everything out tax-free. They're right. really cool. Last question, just yep. because I know this has been something that I thought was kind of cool um, as a small business owner. You can contribute later yeah. than the actual year. Right. Explain that. And Yeah, okay, so I won't go too much into the complexity, but both a 401k and traditional IRA and simples and all these plans allow you to contribute retroactively. So you're talking about on the empl- on the biz- small business side, the matching contribution or a profit sharing. Essentially, money the business is putting in on behalf of the employees. So you couldn't you couldn't withhold the money from somebody's paycheck and not cont- you know you got to do that timely. Sure. But we're talking about the money that the small business owner says I'm putting in addition to what they're putting in. I'm matching or I'm profit sharing. Yeah, you can do that as late as the due date of your small business of your tax return so if you're an s corp and you've extended you know you'd normally do march 15th you could make that contribution for we're we're in 2021 but you could make a 2020 employer contribution by september 15th which is the extended due date of the s corp right similarly you can contribute to our traditional or roth ira as an individual by the due date of your tax return which is normally april 15th and it doesn't include incentives you could do that, but this year, well, for Louisiana residents, it's June fifteenth. You could right now make a twenty twenty traditional IRA contribution because we haven't met, we haven't reached June fifteenth. Yeah, so that's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. I know practically it's helped us out too because where it's like you know if cash flow management, you're just thinking okay, well, contributing monthly versus let me see how it goes at the end right. of the year, how much cash. And then I can offset some of my tax mm-hmm. liability by contributing to my Well, the cool thing about retirement. that is most things I would say not do that in the tax world. I'd say plan. But the cool thing about retirement is your tax return could literally be done and sitting there. And we say, well, what if we put 12 in a traditional RA, right. 6 and 6? You know, We've had those exact We've conversations. We've had those yeah. and, and I literally say, okay, that's going to save you three grand. And then right. you as the taxpayer get to be at the driver's seat and go, is it worth me saving three grand to right. put 12 in? Okay, yeah, I'll yeah. do it. That's yeah. a net nine to me. Okay, sounds yeah. good. No, that's a really good point. Okay, all right. Well, let's let's keep going. All right, let's move on to healthcare. All right. So, and really, what I'm talking about healthcare is health savings accounts specifically, because I'll give a little background on medical expenses. For the most part, I always say this, and it, it's going to come off sound bad, but you'll get my point. To deduct medical, you either have to be broke, deathly ill, or both, because okay. of the way that the limitations work in medical. Okay, so for medical to be deductible, it has to exceed 7.5% of your income before it even gets into the pile of itemized deductions. Okay, 7.5% of your income. So let's just say you make hundred grand. Okay. You'd have to have $7,501 to get a $1 medical deduction. You get my point now. Okay. Once that income grows, again, harder to reach that 7.5%, only for that dollar I just mentioned to get thrown in the pile of the other itemized deductions to see if the sum of those exceed the standard deduction. Okay. So we're talking a lot of jargon here, but bottom line is medical is hard to get unless you have a really serious problem 
you've fallen on hard times, or both. Okay. Where the health savings account comes in is, and let me give you a little background, a health savings account is a medical savings account, okay? When you put the money in, you get a deduction, but it's not an itemized deduction. That's the beauty of it. It's not in that medical field where I just told you you're never going to get that. It's what's called an above-the-line deduction. And without getting into too much, those things are generally allowed. So you put money in a health savings account, and then you have a procedure. You pull the money out of the health savings to pay for that medical procedure. The money comes out tax-free, but when you put it in, you got a deduction. So think about it. That procedure you were never going to be able to get a deduction for. You make too much money. But let's just say you said, I'm not going to just pay the doctor outright. I'm going to put it in a health savings account first, then take the health savings account money and just take a distribution and pay it to the doctor. Or a lot of health savings accounts now have a debit card. Yeah. Is savings account a bit of a misnomer? Because I feel like in the past, maybe we used it incorrectly, but we all, I think we literally had like a debit card. Mm-hmm. We had, It was a health savings yeah. checking account. I wouldn't say it's a misnomer because uh, you can accumulate funds there. Okay. You could. It, some people use it as a retirement tool. Some people put... They've been healthy for a long time. They put in five, six, seven grand in this, and they never touch it, or they don't need to touch it much. They might okay. have a hundred grand in retirement when they do need become a little yeah. more needy okay. from a health perspective. Well, maybe it was a misnomer for us because yeah, yeah. we kind of just use it as like, all right, well, we know we're going to be, you know, let's pay for it using this HSA. Yeah, great account. Tool. But it, when we needed to, we could, you know, fund it back up. Yeah, and a lot of people too, like they know, okay, I'm going to the dentist. All right, I'll put two fifty in the. I know I'm getting I got my cleaning right. and x-rays. That's going to cost me 250 bucks. Okay. I'll just put the money in the HSA. Okay, so right then and there deduction. I then go to the dentist, swipe my card for 250, it comes out tax free. Yeah. So, if you would have not done that step and just went and swiped your 250 right. at the dentist, you're probably not deducting that because of the medical thresholds. Yeah. And that seems a little sh- like not a, yeah, it's yeah. The, whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. You made a comment earlier that it's not a dollar for dollar deduction. Did I misunderstand that? Like when you when you put the two fifty in that same dental cleaning yep. in the HSA, is it a two hundred and fifty dollar deduction? It is. Okay, it so is. it is a subject to yeah. But you, there's a max about what you can put in HSA. It's around seven thousand for a family. But yes, if you put in if you don't if you put in two fifty, then you get a two hundred fifty. Is there a deduction. correlation there with the max and then the threshold for? Like you mentioned, medical. Well, we, yeah, yeah, that was a ratio no two different things. Yeah, yeah two okay. different things. Yeah. Right. Um, so I mean, you can right there see how most people are not ever going yeah. to get a medical deduction, but you could always get a health savings if you meet certain criteria, which are obviously you have to have. And I, I say obviously, I hadn't mentioned this. To contribute to an HSA, there's some requirements. One being you have to have a high deductible health insurance plan. So. Most people now, a lot of employers are moving to these to try to save money, and it's kind of a win-win for everybody. The med- you know, that like I know what we do here is, we um, I, I'm sorry, not here, former employer. What we would do is we say, okay, we're going to go to a high deductible health plan, but we will make we being the employer will make a contribution to your HSA to kind of mitigate your deductible going up. We'll go ahead and put some money in an HSA for you, and that's a really that's a really good tool for a small business owner where maybe the the insurance money they're saving by going from a low deductible to a high, mm-hmm. they offset that in terms of their employees with putting some money in their their, for, their yeah. HSA. And let me clarify. I want to ask a few things about yep. specifics because I've gotten down this road, and I think I had like a light bulb of like, oh, I could pay my premiums with an HSA, and I feel like that was – I couldn't do that. Yeah. No, you can't do that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, HSA is going to be for out-of-pocket medical – but again, you have to have a high deductible plan. And high deductible is somewhat of a loose term. 
Um, there's some thresholds to it, but I always say to people, call whoever has your insurance plan and ask them because there's certain criteria. There's a couple little nuances that I just don't know that I always just say, just call your whoever has your plan. Call Blue Cross. Say, is my plan HSA compliant? They know yes or no really quickly. Okay. Yes or no. So if that's a checkbox. It's not like one of those volunteer things where it's like, yeah, that's right. I just there's feel like it's cri- high. That's, that's, that's right. There's certain criteria. There's a there's a minimum deductible that okay. has to be. And then there's also, I cannot remember the exact detail, but I know for clients okay. I had to call. and just said, you know, just call them. That's the, okay. the takeaway from this. Now, in terms of when, you know, what you can spend, like, yeah. I mean, anything at Walgreens? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, anything yeah. at Walgreens. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, look, out of pocket I mean, dentist, medical. that feels obvious, you know, it, it's checkups, anything like that, but like I mean, medication. Absolutely. But yeah, bumps and bruises, go get Band-Aids at Walmart or whatever. Yes. Okay. I'm going to say loosely yes on that. I haven't thought about Band-Aids, but think about it. Is anything medical related? Right. I think where people where they draw the line is elective. So you can't put money in an HSA and then go get plastic surgery unless the plastic surgery was deemed necessary by a doctor. So calf implants. No. Dude, that's a bummer. (laughs) I know. I I didn't didn't think we were going to get this personal. Yeah. uh, (laughs) I've been, I got to keep saving, I guess. Yeah, no, you, no, it's definitely not deductible uh, or definitely not, uh, you can't take the money out tax free for that. Yeah. But just think about anything you're using. Uncle Sam wants his cut. That's right. On my tax, on my my calf implants. (laughs) (laughs) Anything you're, you're, if you're taking money out of the HSA, got to be medical related, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's pretty loose um, on that. But the biggest thing is you can't, you can't take the money out and buy dinner, right? Yeah. That would be considered a non-qualified distribution. Yeah. Well, I asked because I feel like when, when we were more like, we have a better uh, insurance situation than we did previously, but when we didn't, we had an HSA and we were always felt like in that gray area. And so I yeah. do think it's a real, I don't, where do you get clarification? Because I know we would be like, Oh, okay. Well, we went to a chiropractor. Yeah. That seems like, yeah. I don't know. Is it? I think uh, the best place to be is do a little online research. I mean, if you just look at, I mean, I've got a little manual here. I'm not going to bore everybody. Yeah, like through. acupuncture or if you get a massage, does that, I mean. I would think it all is going to default back to, is, is the massage for I'm trying a, to think of more crunchy things that, uh, <laughs> that I've done. You know. Right. It's going to default back to on the massage or anything like that. Was it medically needed? So did a doctor say, because you can't sleep at night, you need to get a massage? Mm-hmm. I think that goes. Yeah. And if you read, if you read any of the, the tax law around that, that's generally going to be the, the gist. Is gotcha. it medically necessary? Somebody in a medical profession saying, you need this. All you right. need acupuncture, to your yeah. example. Yeah. yeah, so in my simple, you know, I know we've joked how I thought, you know, there was a standard list of, of uh, deductions right. that the government printed out. <laughs> How, where's the checks and balances in this? Obviously, you want to file with you know your return on, with integrity. Yeah. that's what you're promoting. But for genuine gray areas, is it is it just a matter if you got audited, they yes. would come back and? Yeah, I mean, obviously, with anything on your tax return, you've got to have the documentation to back it up. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so you've got to have in that example the receipts, the the doctor's orders, those okay. sorts of things. Okay, so if you, you feel like it's justified, yeah, you say, yeah, okay, I needed a massage, I got in a car accident or whatever, you know. Use your common sense. Yeah. That's kind of okay. what I would say. Also, think about the materiality. If it's $200, I mean, again, I'm not. we're not advocating filing fraudulent tax return, but you get my point. Right. Everything's got a little bit more oomph depending upon the materiality. Yeah. You know what to look into. Use your common sense on that. Yeah, okay, all right. That's and I think enough. an easy way, honestly, Google. 
yeah. HSA compliant health care expenses. Yeah. You'll get a quick list and you'll start to understand what I mean. Yeah, but I, I do think people, I know we do, you know, yeah. like we have no clue like what's on the, it's just sort of this like, you, right. I mean, you just hear, oh, IRS, they went to jail, you know, right. like there's no like, <laughs> right. these things can be very intimidating. It's no, like, I get oh, it. I it's, spent $3 on Band-Aids and I just swiped my HSA card. I, I think you're fine. You know, yeah. But, but, but as you're saying that, it's making me think I should be putting out content around this or even a newsletter to my clients just saying if you have an HSA because we're really pushing HSAs they're a great tool we ought to be telling people this yeah no, that's a good point um, so that's really healthcare that's the biggest thing I want to talk about I'm not going to get into health insurance or, or anything like that because just talking about individual personal finances most people either have a plan through work or they have one on their own. Mm -hmm. And then we're talking about the health savings piece that will come alongside that. Gotcha. All right. Well, I've been blowing you up with questions. Let's get into education. No, that's good. Uh, I like the questions. We're, uh, we're cool. running longer than we usually do. Are we? Yeah. And, and it's funny. when you, uh, Earlier I said, I'm going to need you to ask me some questions. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to fill the time. Yeah. All right. Educational expenses. Uh, the biggest one being a 529 plan. And 529 plan works kind of similar to uh, a Roth IRA in some regards. Meaning, when you put the money in, um, so you'll put money in a 529 on, on, on to somebody's benefit. So you've got children. You say, okay, my oldest, I'm going to put some money in a 529. That So you don't get a deduction for it. Let's start there. The money, as it grows, assuming, again, I always like to use examples, assuming you put ten grand in, that money grows to 30000 Okay, okay you, and so it grows, meaning earnings. like... Earnings. Okay, right. So yeah. that implies you can put it in an investment account. Yes, that's and you can't do that with an HSA. Correct. Now that's a good. That's a really good point. I think there are some HSA accounts that pay interest. Okay. So that is something to note. That's a really good point. No, you're yeah. You're talking health savings accounts are going to be different than education accounts, which are similar to like investment accounts. Right. Where you're putting you're you're giving it to a financial yeah. advisor and saying. Hey, I want to start a 529, which essentially right. is just a type of and account. And practically, that's why we didn't ever consider it a savings account because it's like, I right. mean, to your point, the guy is saving hundreds that's of thousands. Point. It's like, why would you put it in there? Right. You know, if it's not an investment account. Yeah, it's right. You're right. Yeah, you're doing it. Those guys are just doing it probably because they have yeah, the, they've, the they've available already, funds. Right. Yeah, but your point is right. Education accounts are like an investment. So you okay. put 10 in, it grows to 30. So you've made 20,000 in earnings that you okay. haven't yet touched. Your oldest daughter goes to college, and you know the first semester tuition is five thousand bucks. You pull the five thousand out of the HS, HSA, the five twenty nine, pay the tuition. You're not paying. You're not paying any. A portion of that five thousand would be considered earnings, but you're not paying any tax on those earnings. You get to basically spend the earnings if they're on out of pocket educational expenses. Right. So similar concept to the out of pocket medical for a health savings account. You're using your out of pocket. You're you're using your 529 and the earnings to pay out of pocket educational expenses. I see. And it's basically what you could think: tuition, supplies. I was even looking here earlier, um, and I knew this, but I had to kind of refresh. It says reasonable room and board expenses. Now I'm not sure what that means, but I mean, so you can yeah. you can. It's a really good tool. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's when if you want to get into the details of what that means, that's probably a question for you yeah. and your accountant. But, but and, yeah. I, and I would want to follow up on that because that's the only thing that makes me nervous about this is, okay. you know, like retirement seems pretty defined, right? Like, right. okay, I'll get on board, you know, 30, 40 years. I'm obviously going to want to retire. At least I can have access to that money. As a parent with, 
you know, younger kids, and I'm thinking, okay, 10, 15 years from now, college is going to look drastically different. Right. I'd hate to have stockpiled some money and then not be able to take it out well, without penalty. Or you could. You would just if they just say, tax. oh, well, that's, you know. Yeah, but, but all you're doing is deferring the tax on it. Okay. So in my example of the 10 that grows to 30, you're sitting there with $20,000 of earnings on the table, mm-hmm. of which you have not paid taxes on that you could or could not, depending upon what you do with the 30000 Okay. Well, let's just say your kids are great, scholarships, or, you know what, they're not going to college. We're, we're pursuing other alternatives. Mm-hmm. You take the 30000 out and say, you know, here you go, daughter, thirty grand. At that point, you'll pay tax on twenty. I got so you. you. So there's no penalties right. for, for taking out like there is with the IRA. Right. Okay. Well, I feel better already. Yeah. Looks like uh, the girls are going to college. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, it's just... A lot of these, a lot of these things are just nobody's really shed light on them, you know, yeah. or clarified them. Um, but that's the biggest thing. So I wanted, I wasn't, I didn't want to get too much into, into educational, uh, educational savings accounts, but just to give people these thoughts in their mind mm-hmm. about the different things they can do with their money. And I'm yeah. glad you pointed out the investment angle yeah. that the HSA is not, and these are. Quick little thing, because we are running long. Okay. Can you spend the educational savings money on yourself, or does it have to be for kids? Ooh, that's a good question. I think I mean, it's, you got to invest in yourself, you know? That's a good question. <laughs> I would think that, let's see here. Okay. You know, for example, if in 10 years I want to go back to school to become an accountant after just doing this podcast. Right. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at, let's see here. And I want to clarify something. Um, there is a 10% or there is a 10% penalty on taking the money. As, you, as I was saying, I knew that didn't sound yeah. right. Yeah, all right, well. And this is why, I mean, like, I, honestly, you guys are getting kind of like me off the cuff here. Yeah. And this is why stuff's complicated. You sure. know, like I'm literally looking at yeah. manual, just double checking myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- yeah. To your question, I think you can put it in for yourself as long as you spend it on medical, uh, medical, good God. Education. Educational. Um, but most people do it for their kids. Right. Yep. Good deal. Well, that's a great, uh, a great way to close. And I really like how you divide it into three camps. Be thinking about, yeah. you know, your retirement, health and education yeah i think that's kind of natural for most people right so if you want more information go to mirror.group we didn't talk much about the total control accounting but this is definitely all a part of getting control over your accounting and finances And if you want more information you can head there take a self-assessment and uh, be on the lookout for the next episode we'll see you next time thanks